It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. She likes to call it Friday Eve. Here's Jennifer Jones-Lee with your Thursday morning wake-up call. Today is an extra special Friday Eve. Because there is a chance, ladies and gentlemen. The popcorn ceiling saga will be over. As of today. It's been a struggle. No, not really. You guys have been amazing who have done my my house. And uh, they've worked their tushies off. And what I'm complaining because the dogs and I have to stay in the bedroom. Oh, poor me. But it's almost over. If you guys have popcorn ceilings and you've been thinking like, oh, I should get that done. Yes, I know you should. However, what a mess. But if you get a good crew like I have, they're awesome about cleaning it up. It's just, it doesn't matter. Popcorn ceilings. You're going to have the dust everywhere and the paint smells everywhere. And even my neighbors will be like, hey, so when's that going to be done? <laughs> oh, it takes some time. But God bless Ken and William and Raul, all of them who are, are doing this for me. It's just amazing. Anyway, so it's Friday Eve and I think it's popcorn ceiling almost done Eve. I'm Jennifer Jones Lee. Some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom I wanted to start on a light note this morning because I've got some heavy first stories to tell you. The Merced County Sheriff's Department says the four family members who were kidnapped by a man in Merced County have been found dead. At least 34 people, including more than 20 kids, are dead after a shooting and stabbing at a daycare center in Thailand. And a federal appeals court is largely upholding that district court ruling that found DACA's unlawful because of how it was created. North Korea. We see, we see you, Kim Jong-un. It's launched two short-range ballistic missiles, according to South Korea's military. This launch comes just two days after Pyongyang conducted its largest and longest missile range test to date. We'll get into all of that with ABC's Aaron Katursky in just a second. But let's start with some of these stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom in Merced County. Uh, have been confirmed. The Merced County Sheriff's Department says the four family members who were kidnapped by a man in Merced County have been found dead. That's the sheriff, Vern Warnke, who says the bodies were found last night in an orchard near Indiana and Hutchinson Roads. There's just there's no words right now to, to describe the anger I feel and the senselessness of this incident. I said it earlier, there's a special place in hell for this guy. Now, the sheriff's office says a mom, dad, baby, and an uncle were taken at gunpoint Monday. The accused kidnapper is in custody, but is sedated in a hospital because he tried to kill himself. So, allegedly, he, I don't know if he killed the family first and then stole their truck and their credit cards or how this all went down. But if you watch the video, there's a man that goes into this company that the brothers, I believe, had just started. And he kidnaps the two brothers, the wife, and the baby. 
And somewhere along the way, he ends up killing them, trying to use or using their credit cards, their ATM cards, I should say, and then sets their truck on fire that he's also stolen. After that, cops find the truck. Now they're on the heels of the guy, the alleged guy. And that's somewhere along the way where he tries to kill himself. So that's where we got where we are today. And obviously, we need more of a timeline to know exactly what went down. But man, that's a, that's a rough story. This one is as well. Police in Thailand say a man is shot and stabbed 34 people at a daycare center. Local officials say 24 of the dead are kids. The shooter then shot himself, his wife, and child. Police say the alleged shooter had been discharged from his job as a police officer in December 2020. I have heard reports that it's because of drugs. So, we'll see. Federal appeals court in Louisiana has ordered a lower court review of the Biden administration's revisions to the program that prevents hundreds of thousands of immigrants brought into the U.S. as kids from being deported. So a judge in Texas has been asked to look over it again following revisions made in August. The ruling leaves the future for uh, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA, up in the air. The current DACA recipients are protected for now, but new applicants are barred. A woman says robbers used her as bait to get inside homes in Long Beach. The woman says she was forced to meet men on dating apps, get inside their homes, and let the armed robbers inside. Police detained the woman in L.A. She told police two of the three robbers raped and sexually assaulted her. She also says she was forced into prostitution. Police arrested the three men behind the robberies last month. Two are from Southern California and one is from Las Vegas. Police say they're still investigating the rape, sexual assault, and sex trafficking. Blake Trolley, KFI News. Well, a producer from the TV show Scrubs has been charged in L.A. with forcible rape, sexual battery, and false imprisonment by, by violence. D.A. Gascon says Eric Weinberg is tied to charges involving five women, but many more may have been assaulted. The defendant relied on his position of influence to lure young women for photo shoots where he allegedly sexually assaulted them. Gascon says Weinberg was given a $5 million bail despite objections from prosecutors and investigators. The man has already bailed out. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department says two of the four guys who led cops on that wild car chase from Walnut to Long Beach. Remember the one that we were talking about where the guy was driving on just the rim of the car a couple of days ago and we couldn't believe how long the car kept going and the bumper was flying off and pieces of the wheel were sparking and spitting out at all the other drivers. That's this story. Well, they say two of the four guys now are on parole. One of them's actually a parolee at large. All four have significant, significant criminal histories, significant violent criminal histories, um, including assaults on peace officers. Sergeant Mike Mars with the department's Major Crimes Bureau and says on Tuesday morning, the guys busted into a home in Walnut through a doggy door and were able to steal some stuff before the homeowners called 911. The guys then took off in a BMW, which crashed into the back of a semi on the 91. Maher says the four-man crew's most likely responsible for dozens and dozens of robberies throughout Southern California. Steve Gregory, King of I News. And you know, the one thing I kept thinking during that whole car chase was that BMW is indestructible. And if the BMW people are watching or, you know, obviously I'm sure somebody sent it to them. I'm thinking, I don't know how they could navigate this, but this would be an incredible commercial to show how indestructible apparently that model of BMW was. 
say good morning now to ABC's Aaron Katursky. Kim Jong-un, for goodness sakes, we know you're out there and we know you have these short-range ballistic missiles, but he just keeps launching them, Aaron. Yeah, two more uh, were launched uh, last night, our time. Um, it was already Thursday morning in Korea, and that followed the launch a day earlier of a more intermediate-range ballistic missile that traveled about 2,800 miles. So uh, taken together, this is uh, a bit of a show from, from North Korea coming, it does, as the U.S. and South Korea conduct uh, different drills in, in the region, and, um, and just now, uh, we we learned that North Korea flew about a dozen warplanes uh, in the you know kind of over the area. Uh, they flew in formation and seemed to have conducted a firing exercise, uh, according to the South Koreans, and and that seemed to be uh, more of a protest over the these military drills that the the South Koreans and the United States are undertaking. And that they do all the time. It's not like this is a, ooh, look, they've never done this before. The U.S. and South Korea do this. They do, although there was a, an aircraft carrier that apparently, uh, an American aircraft carrier that um, that the North Koreans may not have liked, and, and the U.S. has since redeployed it. So, you know, there's really no... Um, there's really no telling why the the, uh, the the North Koreans do this. You, you can't really you can't really guess. But um, there's the question of consequences, and that appears to be off the table. We heard last night at the United Nations widespread condemnation from the U.S. and its allies, but China and Russia would not support a strengthening of sanctions. So it looks like that uh, these latest provocations by North Korea will go unpunished. Why wouldn't they? Because it's interesting, the, you know, the missile earlier this week flew over Japan. And at that point, that's when people were in danger. It's one thing when he's launching them and they just go into the sea. It's a different thing when, you know, a nation has to tell its people, hey, we either need you to evacuate or shelter in place or whatever the case may be. In that particular launch, it seems like things were ramping up. Yeah, it, it, it was the, the and that touched off alarms in, in Japan, uh, you know, with sirens blaring and, and, and people warned to take shelter because these were, as you said, Jen, kind of a, an, it followed on an unusual path that, that we hadn't seen North Korea do for a bit. Um, the, the other thing about these missiles is, is at least one of them seems to have followed what one analyst told us was an irregular path. Um, and, and the thinking is that North Korea is playing with these missiles that can change course mid-flight. And that obviously mm. would make them more difficult to intercept. Okay, so in this meeting that you talked about of the UN, this was an emergency meeting specifically focused on North Korea and its missiles. And it, other than the condemnation that came out of it, Anything else that came out of it that might give North Korea pause to do this again? I don't think so, because both Russia and China, the U.S. said, went out of their way to justify North Korea's um, provocations and block any attempt to update the sanctions uh, that have been imposed. So you have uh, the U.S. now accusing Russia and China of enabling Kim Jong-un. And um, uh, the, the, the United States said, you know, there was no provocation for North Korea to react to. This wasn't the fault of the United States or its allies. Uh, and, and that uh, the U.S., she said, remained committed to dialogue and diplomacy, although we don't think that there's anything really on the table uh, for, for 
the, you know, the, the U.S. and North Korea to directly engage. I think the most um, scary thing about that, I guess you could say, is the fact that we already know that Russia and China are buddy buddy, at least, you know, Putin and and uh, the president of, Ru- of uh, China. But then when you're like, oh, great. And now they've got a third buddy in the mix of Kim Jong Un, or at least they're not going to, you know, condemn this guy. You don't want to see three powers like that all sort of getting along. Yeah, well, it, it, and that's where it's un, it's unclear because, you know, Russia and China have not always been in a rush to punish North Korea, but we have seen them go along with, you know, the U.N. Security Council to, to punish Pyongyang at, at different points. Uh, now may not be the time. Uh, Russia may not want to do anything the U.S. wants, given what's going on in Ukraine. So uh, we're not really sure what, what Russia and China's game is, but at least for the moment, they're not going to go along with any new sanctions on, on North Korea. And, and that doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. When they got together, was it um, I'm not I'm not sure how this went down, but the U.S., I don't know if we were the first ones who, you know, condemn, condemn. And then the other nations followed. Then was it Russia or China who went, yeah, you know, we're not going to do anything at this time. And then did the other one follow? See, I guess I'm wondering who who. Uh, blinked first and who followed in that yeah i i don't know that there was like a one following the other they just or or both of them just kind of uh said no so you know when it came time to vote so i i don't know that um so the the two of them seem to be united in 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 dismissing the idea of of a new round of sanctions but i'm not sure that they are necessarily doing it in coordinated fashion or or whether that they're just doing it on their own. That you know, a little too too tough to say. Exactly. Good talk this morning, Aaron. Thanks, Jen. All right, I enjoyed it. We'll do it again. Okay. See you All later. <laughs> See you later. That's ABC's Aaron Katursky. I sort of just like making him feel uncomfortable. Am I a horrible person? I mean, we all know the answer to that. Totally rhetorical. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The LAPD says claims that an officer who died during a training exercise in May was targeted because he was a whistleblower. Those claims are false, says the LAPD. Now, the family of Houston Tipping says the officer was beaten and cut on the head during a bicycle training scenario. But an extensive report presented to the police commission shows the coroner ruled the cut on Tipping's head was from a medical procedure at the hospital and the broken ribs he sustained were from CPR chest compressions. The report also noted trainees were told not to tackle others to the ground, but Tipping grabbed another officer by the legs and both of them fell to the ground, causing Tipping to get a spinal injury. It's not clear if Tipping intended to go to the ground or maybe just lost his balance. Descendants of UC Hastings College of Law's founder have sued California to block a scheduled name change that was signed into law by Governor Newsom last month. Hastings donated $100,000 in gold coins to the state in 1878 to establish the law school in San Francisco. He also financed expeditions in Northern California that ended with the displacement of hundreds of Yuki Indians. A jury has started deliberating in the trial of an ex-UCLA gynecologist accused of sexually assaulting seven women during exams. Hundreds of lawsuits with similar allegations against campus gynecologist James Heaps and UCLA have already been settled for hundreds of millions of dollars. 
Prosecutors say Heaps abused a position of trust with lewd behavior while examining vulnerable women, many who were facing a cancer diagnosis. Heaps' defense lawyer says not only were all exams legit medical procedures, the case lacks evidence and is based solely on the word of seven women. In L.A., Corbin Carson, KFI News. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. Some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. If you weren't here for the top of the hour of the show, this is why. We needed a lighter song like that. The Merced County Sheriff's Department says those four family members, the two brothers, the wife, and the eight-month-old baby girl who were kidnapped by a guy in Merced County have been found dead. At least 34 people, including more than 20 kids, were killed during a shooting and stabbing at a daycare center in Thailand. And a federal appeals court is largely upholding the ruling that found the DACA program is unlawful Not because of necessarily the DACA program itself, but of how it was created. Coming up at 535, just how bad are our gas prices going to get now that OPEC has ordered these oil production cuts? We'll get into that with Caleb Silver, editor-in-chief of Investopedia.com. But right now, let's get into your biz bites. And why in the world would Amazon suspend 50 workers? These are very specific workers. These are workers at a facility in Staten Island, New York. They were suspended with pay. Now, apparently, remember that fire that broke out at a warehouse on Monday that we talked about caused the entire building to be evacuated and all the day shift workers were sent home at this Amazon facility. But when the night shift workers arrived, nobody was really told what was going on, according to some people who work there. Amazon uh, apparently didn't do the best job, according to the workers, of conveying the information of what, you know, what happened with the fire, how did it start, that sort of thing. They say the issue that people had was the building was still reeking with smoke. Some of the workers say, depending on where they were in the building, it was difficult to breathe at certain workstations. And they wanted to be sent home with pay because of how it was unsafe. This was a a small cardboard fire, by the way, but apparently things, you know, kind of got out of control. Now, the move is only adding, though, to tension between Amazon and some of the workers at the facility now who have been suspended because Amazon, this particular warehouse, is its only unionized warehouse. And so the workers are like, hey, wait a minute. You're suspending us because we refuse to go to work after this warehouse fire. Although apparently it was a small fire. And they're saying we didn't have to go. We shouldn't have had to go because we had to deal with the smoke and things like that. And you guys didn't give a a good reason as to what happened and, you know, any health issues that could come around. Amazon, on the other hand, has not commented, but it has to be thinking to itself. Is this a retaliation thing? Is this, you know, a first step for the union workers? And the union workers have to be thinking, this is Amazon retaliating against us because we're the first unionized warehouse. What a mess. Either way, everybody just wants to work in a safe environment. Everybody just wants to work in an environment that is healthy. At the same time, if you're a big business owner, you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, this is weird that Maybe other stuff happens around the country. Nobody else is refusing to go to work, but in this one unionized shop, they are. I don't know. You can sort of see both sides of it. So 
Black Friday. See you later. Never again, forever, goodbye, according to REI. For the past seven years, as you know, the retailer has just shut its doors on the day after Thanksgiving because it says it wants to give its employees the day off, let them spend time with their families or whatever they want to do. But REI says now no more Black Friday at all. And in, honestly, if you think about it, Black Friday is no longer really on Black Friday because retailers aren't necessarily saving their best holiday deals for that one day anymore. I think we have, what, a second round of Amazon Prime or Amazon Prime, I don't know, pre-Black Friday nanny coming up on the 12th, 11th or 12th or something like that. And you have other stores who are like, all right, well, now we're just going to compete with Amazon. So you sort of get these good deals right as the holiday season is starting. And REI looks at this and says, we don't really get that much business anyway or that much different business on Black Friday. And many of our sales are the same anyway. So see you later, Black Friday. And to all of our employees, go eat some more turkey. If you have a Ring home security system and you experience some outages with it, you are definitely not alone. But there are a lot of people who are a little bit worried about them, worried about that. And um, Ring security app apparently experienced major outages Wednesday. A Ring spokesman says Ring was not hacked. Earlier today, a backed system error during a routine system update briefly disabled some customers' ability to log into their Ring accounts. The issue has been resolved. As you can imagine, Ring was bombarded on Twitter during the afternoon by people who were like, oh, my gosh, you know, my Ring camera is not working. And the company issued a status alert confirming some users were, in fact, unable to load the Ring app. Talking about this major outage. So they did let people know. Um, But, you know, I mean, it's a security system. And I, I think that. For most of us, you think, oh, my gosh, that thing can't go down. I rely on that thing. You know, I I love my ring alerts. 99% of the time, it's the Amazon person. (laughs) Just in case that one time it's not. You do want to know. At the same time, let's all be honest. It's technology. Awesome when it works. Can it glitch? Absolutely. And sometimes... You know, my old saying, sometimes a hamburger is just a hamburger. doesn't have to be a hack. It can just be a simple glitch. And that's it. And it was fixed. And we all move on. Oh, gosh. I hope you weren't thinking, I'd really like a new F-150. At least the F-150 Lightning, which is such a snazzy looking truck. Ford is increasing the entry level price. Now, this is the electric F-150 Lightning. It's going up by $5,000 for the 2023 model. So if you were thinking about getting one of the electric 2023 Lightning Pro F-150s, that puppy's going to start at $51,974. That's halfway to a down payment on most houses. It's up nearly 11% and a 30% increase from where it was in May of last year. They're up 30% from May of last year. Now, current retail order holders and commercial and government customers with a scheduled order will not be impacted by the price increase. So you're grandfathered in. You're good to go if you already have an order in. But anybody else who is thinking that, oh yeah, I'm gonna grab me one of those. Okay, sure, go grab yourself one. 
which is no, you're going to pay more for it. And speaking of paying more, I think I thought <laughs> this would be more. All right. So, Dylan, I've never asked you. Are you a baseball fan? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, which team? I need to know. Unfortunately, the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Okay, that's not a bad thing. As long as as long as you didn't say you were a Giants fan. Nope. No. 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 Okay. Good. All right. See, I like that. Even. <laughs> what do? I, okay. Do you know how much the guy who caught Aaron Judge's sixty-second home run ball? Any idea how much he was offered for the ball? Oof. Um, I'm gonna say north of millions, maybe. Okay. A million. Okay. It's it's more than a million. It's two million though. I think I thought it would be more than that. I don't know why. I think just because if you break a record, right. a single season record like that, it would be more. But there's this owner of a sports memorabilia auction house who immediately offered the guy who caught the ball two million dollars. And the guy says, I feel the offer is way above fair if he's inclined to sell it. Because there's a chance that this guy, uh, what's his name? Yeomans that he may he might want to keep it, right? Yeah. Would you want to keep it or would you sell it? Oh man. Um the baseball fan in me wants to keep it personally. Yeah. Especially considering it's a Yankee a yeah. that hit that home run. Yeah. But the logical side of me <laughs> wants that, that little bit of money. The guy who has to put gas in his car, exactly. that guy? Exactly. Just yeah. enough to get gas. Exactly. Yeah, like one tank with exactly. the way our prices are going up. Um, so this uh, this guy, the guy is from Dallas. Obviously, they were pay- playing the Rangers that night, so not a surprise. He works in the financial world, and he was asked Tuesday what he planned to do with the prize while personal personnel security kind of whisked him away. And he goes, good question. I haven't thought about it. Well, do you really think you're going to be the guy that catches Aaron Judge's 60-second home run? ball come on who goes to the game and they're like hey it's gonna be me so but the fact that he works in the financial world tells me that he's probably got every financial buddy of his sitting down at a table going over the pros and cons of keeping it versus you know selling it that sort of thing uh so anyway okay he's been offered two mil we'll see if he takes it i'm jennifer jones lee and some of the stories we're watching in the kfi 24-hour newsroom Sheriff's investigators in the Central Valley say all four members kidnapped by that man in Merced allegedly have been found dead. The Merced County Sheriff's Department says the family was found in an orchard last night. The man tried to kill himself Tuesday. He's in critical condition. The sheriff's office says the mom, the dad, the baby and the uncle were taken at gunpoint Monday from a business in Merced. The alleged kidnapper was ID'd when he tried to use one of their stolen ATM cards and he got caught on the ATM camera. A man has shot and killed 34 people, most of them kids at a daycare facility in Thailand. The alleged shooter shot and killed himself also after killing his wife and son. The man had been fired from his job as a police officer in 2020. All right, let's say good morning now to Caleb Silver, Investopedia.com's editor-in-chief. Hi, Caleb. Welcome back. Good to be with you, as always. Oh, I choked yesterday when OPEC said that it was going to cut oil production, not necessarily because of that, but because I thought, oh, great, our gas prices aren't high enough here in California. Here we go again. Yeah, it was a finger in the eye uh, of the United States for sure, because the United States is not a member of OPEC or OPEC Plus, and OPEC Plus includes Russia. They like to see oil prices north of $90 a barrel. We've had a 35% drop in oil prices since March, although they've been climbing for the past couple of weeks. 
And you've seen gas prices climbing in the past couple of weeks, especially out there in California, up 38 cents in just the past week. Yeah, today the average price of a gallon of gas in California is $6.42. Now, you're in New York, right? And it's it's got to be expensive yeah. there, too. It's less than that. Where it's less than four. It's about four dollars a gallon. I'm looking a little bit more around here. But you've always had higher gas prices out there. You have higher taxes, although some of those have been suspended. But you also have a lot more that goes into your gasoline. And you've had some refinery outages that are shut down for annual maintenance this time of year. They switch blends. They've been shut down out in California as well, which has contributed to the price spike, but you always have higher prices out there. Exactly. And I know we're all praying for that summer blend to go away. I mean, I know they say it's necessary and all that, but you also have to wonder at a time like this, and I'm I'm bitching as a Californian, uh, you know, so from the West Coast to the East Coast, that you, we have to, we know our refineries. First off, we haven't built one in, you know, a million years. Secondly, they do go offline, and I guess there is scheduled maintenance, and a lot of us have wondered, why can't we defer some of this scheduled maintenance to help with the pricing, to make it so that getting gas at the pump is not as expensive or not as hard for these companies to do? So that's kind of the thing that we've seen. But when it comes to how specifically a cut of the oil um, production could be for, let's just say Californians, I'm going to focus on us today, how bad could this make it for us? You would think it would make it very bad, but it actually won't. The The issue really is refining capacity in the United States. That has a lot more to do with the price we pay for a gallon of gas here in the United States and especially out in California. But it's symbolic, right, because oil companies and the big oil-producing nations, members of OPEC and OPEC's allies, they love anything over 60 bucks a barrel. That's pure gravy for them, and they've been enjoying that now for the better part of a year, year and a half. They don't want to see that go away. Plus, you know, Russia is facing a lot of sanctions. This is one way for Russia, which is a part of OPEC Plus, to stick its finger in the eye of other countries that are putting sanctions on it for its invasion of Ukraine. So we're embroiled in this political dilemma. You won't see that necessarily translate to another quarter, 50 cents in higher gas prices in California. Other factors are going to determine that. All right. Well, I'm going to say thank goodness for that part anyway. Uh, Is this the last of these that we're going to see? Do you think that OPEC would possibly cut production even more or will we leave it here for a while so we don't have to worry at least about OPEC right now? Well, it all depends on the health of the global economy and the global economy is pretty sick right now. A lot of countries in a recession are heading towards a recession. So if that happens, what happens then? Demand drops and prices fall. So what would OPEC do? Continue to cut to make sure that price stays elevated. So if we go into a downturn, a prolonged downturn here, I would expect more cuts. I wouldn't expect them anytime soon. The cuts they announced yesterday go into effect in November. All right. Caleb, normally I like our chats. I'm not so sure that I like today's chat. I feel worse. Let me call you back and we'll have a chat about something else. I don't like to end on this kind of note either. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll talk about music or something. You call me back and we'll just do something rogue. Let's go for it. I'll call you in 10 minutes. All right. Sounds good. Caleb, you rock. See you later. Thank you. All right. That is Caleb Silver, the editor-in-chief of Investopedia.com. And I I think that, uh, are you like me where you're like, all right, what next? What next? And I know it's, you look at other places around the world where things are so much worse than they are here. But here's the bottom line. A gallon, I mean, a tank of gas for many people, for many of us, is a lot of money. Alex and Tyler, we were just talking, 60 bucks to fill up one car, 70 bucks to fill up one car. To fill up my SUV, it's 120 bucks. 
I mean, that that makes a dent in your day to day living. You know, if you're starting to look at that. So let's let's use mine as an example. OK, one hundred and twenty five bucks to fill it up to drive from the Inland Empire here. It's I roughly fill up. Let's say I do no other driving than just working back. So I'm looking at 500 bucks for a month, right? I got to fill up once a week. My tank's the size of Texas. It's ridiculous, which is why it's so much. But anyway, so 500 bucks a month, 500 bucks a month. I mean, that's some people's electricity bill. You know, that's a car payment. That's money you could be saving to put, uh, you know, a down on a house or something. Or how about just simply food on the table? $500 a month. This is where people are going to start questioning things like, can I get a hybrid? Because at least I could do electric half the time and gas half the time or all electric. But if 500 bucks a month is making a difference to you putting food on the table, clothes on your kid's back, that kind of thing, then we're not going to have the money to go out and buy a fancy new electric vehicle, right? So it, it's a catch-22 in, in the sense of, okay, fine, I got to have the gas to go to work. But, oh, my gosh, if I drive to work every day and that costs me 500 bucks a month, and that, I think I'm being on the, you know, on the generous side of that in the sense of generous to it's probably way higher than that. That puts a huge dent in our paychecks. So anyway, it's not it's not fun at all. All right, I've got a couple of other stories for you. The DEA LA division says a nearly two ton meth bust in Norco is the largest one documented by the department. Says the stakeout at the end of last month led to the bust. It had synthetic drugs like meth that are highly addictive and dangerous and are killing people at super high rates right now. The DEA says confiscating the drugs likely saved lives and pre- uh, prevented drug cartels from profiting on the lives of innocent people. Pico Canyon Park has reopened after that seven-year-old boy was attacked by a mountain lion. This one happened September 26th when the boy was walking up a flight of stairs at the park and the mountain lion bit the boy before his father scared him away. The boy was treated at the hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. It's not known if the mountain lion has been captured. Baby, you ain't The world's oldest scotch ever has been sold at auction in London. It's a Macallan. Sorry, tell the whiskey drinkers if I just mispronounced that. It's a Macallan 1926 bottle that has been sold for $340,000. Proceeds benefit the Macallan Artisan Apprenticeship Fund. The price tag was announced yesterday. The previous record was set last October by an 80-years-old bottle, which was $193,000. And my question on this is, I don't know how whiskey, anybody on the show listening know how whiskey ages? I'm just curious, um, because a, a 1926 bottle, so you've got an almost 100-year-old bottle of whiskey. And I'm guessing it's still, does whiskey, uh, how do I put this? Does whiskey go bad, I guess? I don't know. But am I going to? Am I going to have a $340,000 bottle of whiskey? And who do I share that with? Let's say I do have the money. Bob across the street's not coming over for a nightcap. Nope. 
I mean, I think I would want to call like, I don't know, the president. I'd want to call, I don't know, somebody, somebody fancy, somebody that, I don't know. I'd probably call my parents and be like, maybe I can sell this thing to pay you back for all the money it probably costs to raise me. But actually to have like a shot of it with somebody. Uh, mm. Hey, remember that protester who ran onto the field during the Niners Rams game? And then you had Rams, um, Rams player Bobby Wagner tackle him. And Bobby Wagner, if you were listening this morning, kudos to you because you just sort of barely shouldered this guy who was protesting for animal rights and he had a pink smoke bomb or whatever. Bobby Wagner just sort of gave him a nudge. Kind of like, you know, when police will do one of those um, pit maneuvers, they just kind of hit the back of the car and make it spin. Had Bobby Wagner actually given this guy like a full-on NFL tackle, I think that the outcome of this story could have been very different. However, this protester has filed a police complaint. Now, I'm not 100% sure why this guy did something ill. I'm sure it's a trespassing violation, right? And he... I don't know how Bobby Wagner gets in trouble other than I, I'm sure that the guy probably is has some sort of assault. I don't have the actual um, like police report here or what exactly the complaint was. But Bobby Wagner said, yeah, I heard about it, but it is what it is. It's behind me. I ain't really focused on it. I'm more concerned about the security guard that was hurt trying to chase him. And we don't know what that pink smoke is. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. So there you go. Kind of, honestly, I don't know the protester's name. I don't know uh, anything about him. I don't even know what specifically animal rights he was protesting. But you're not supposed to run on the field. The pink smoke thing that you had is some chemical that I highly doubt that Levi Stadium would want you to have in that stadium. And you're going to sue the guy who tackled you to stop, not even tackled you, just kind of shouldered you to stop you. It's his fault you ran on the field with your pink smoke. At least 34 people, including more than 20 kids, were killed during a shooting and stabbing at a daycare center in Thailand. We'll get into that more during Handle on the News coming up in just a second, as well as the story of the Merced County Sheriff's Department now saying the four family members who were kidnapped by a guy in Merced County have been found dead. And right after we talk with ABC's uh, Jim Ryan here in a second, I'm going to tell you the three California cities that have been ranked among the safest for trick-or-treating. So that's in just a second. But Jim, let's say good morning to you now. And this is such a sad one. Um, Customs and Border Protection now having to deal with rising suicide rates among agents. What's going on? Yeah, not just agents, but also office staff, other workers within Customs Mm. and Border Protection. The the CBP, I don't know if you realize this, Jen, but is the largest law enforcement agency in the country with 60,000 people. Now, that does wow. include agents and, and behind-the-scenes staff workers, and there has been this dramatic rise, according to CBC, CBP, in the number of suicides. Uh, this year, 11 members of the force have taken their own lives. That compares to 2009, the high-watermark year with 14. 
So the fear is that this fiscal year, the, the number of uh, men and women taking their own lives within CBP could surpass that 2009 number. The, the agency is doing what it can to try to, to stave this off. They've hired 21 clinicians and 13 psychologists across the country. And those people have gone out. They've held something like 60 town hall meetings with members of the, the uh, Customs and Border Protection uh, workforce to try to let them know there are resources available, that there is no stigma with coming forward, seeking help, and that that help can be substantive and, and can lead to uh, people actually saving their lives or saving the lives of coworkers. So yeah. that's really the thrust now, Jen. That's one of those see something, say something. Not only sure. is it identifying it within yourself, but if you see a change in a coworker or they become super distant or, you know, not engaged, it's just kind of being aware of changes in somebody. And I thought this was fascinating. I read this story in the Washington Examiner last night, and uh, it was actually from September 28th. And they said that the federal agency is the first government entity to add a suicidologist. Yeah. We have like a name for somebody who has to deal with this now. That's amazing to me. It is. And, and if you try to put that onto to Microsoft Word, it comes up as a misspelling. That's how new this, this uh, field huh. and this word is, suicidologist. But Dr. Ken Corso is the first suicidologist to work for a federal agency, and he has been hired by Customs and Border Protection. He's put together a whole podcast series that's on the CBP website. It encourages employees to come and, and listen to these podcasts, to watch the, the videos of, of co-workers who have sought help and have done so without repercussions, have gotten help, and, and are feeling much better about where they are in life. You, know, the, you have to wonder, why wouldn't you seek help if you were having trouble? Well, there is still a stigma within law enforcement and elsewhere. Uh, there's the concern that, well, if I go in and I, I seek help, they're going to take my gun away, my badge, and put me on desk duty. And in some cases, that might be the case. You don't want somebody who's depressed or feeling suicidal or homicidal, for that matter, walking around with a gun. So it's a fine line to walk there between encouraging people to come in, letting them know it's going to be okay, and then getting them some help. Okay, dovetailing on exactly what you said about Corso, in this article, he said, if people love their job and part of their identity is tied to their badge and their firearm, then we remove those things for a safety reason because he says sometimes inadvertently that becomes their life. And so if those things get taken away, it reduces their meaning and purpose in life. So exactly what you're saying, that could be even part of it where somebody's like, oh, my gosh, that's who I am, not knowing there's so much more than that. But that's what their identity is tied to. Right. And for a lot of these folks, they're not doing the job that they signed on to do with uh, this uh, dramatic surge. You see the numbers rising, those uh, those, uh, you know, black and white numbers that aren't swayed by anybody show a dramatic increase in the number of people coming across the border. So uh, a lot of the agents who signed on to try to interdict drugs and money and people and uh, and uh, everything illegal coming across the border aren't doing that job now at all. Instead, they've been assigned to detention centers to keep an eye on people who are entering the country, either legally or illegally, watching them there at the center until it's time to be deported or allowed into the immigration process in this country. So they're not, that's another part of their lost identity. They signed on to be law enforcers and they end up being detention guards. Thank you so much, Jim. I think this is a super important story and one that we just haven't thought about. So thanks for that. We'll see you later. See you. All right. This is KFI and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. And very quickly, if you're thinking about where do I take my kids trick-or-treating, here are some of the safest cities in California to take your kids. 
And coming in at number six on this list, measuring at 78 points out of 100, goes to Irvine in Orange County. If you are in San Diego County, I know one of our listeners, Rebecca, Rebecca in San Diego, if you're listening, Carlsbad is one of the the safest cities. That one came in number eight on the list. Glendale came in number nine. Burbank, woo, came in number 18 on the list. Uh, Sunnyvale up in Northern California came in 20th. Torrance, 24th. And finally, if you're looking for somewhere in Riverside County, Murrieta came in at 25th on the list for the safest places to trick or treat. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.